Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 441, contains the stepfather, top movies, random facts, and an interview with the stunning Adreno Winters. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Dangle. Dick Dangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 441 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for a second episode in a row is the man, the myth, the legend, the admiral of the A-game, and the master of his domain, There are no other words that can describe his greatness because he is the fine stepfather. It's already a lot of words, Dangle, but I'll still bring it. (laughs) (laughs) But they're all true, damn it. Right. (laughs) They are all true. They are your brand. Yeah, that's right. I'm branded. You are branded. (laughs) I don't know what my brand is. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's a great question. What do you feel your brand is? Cheap liquor and loose women. Perfect. Oh. That's a great brand. <laughs> Perfect brand, if you ask me. Keeps life interesting. It does. It does. Have you found anything beverage-wise that has really uh, wet your whistle lately? Um, not really. On the last episode, we were talking about uh, Yellowstone and its offshoot uh, precursor shows. Um, so I did try Yellowstone whiskey. It's they're they're marketing it like it's related to the show, but it's been a, it was around long before the show was ever around. Oh, okay. But yeah, so uh, it's decent. It's good. Uh, I definitely, uh, you know, my goal now, since now everybody, every celebrity is getting into the whiskey game, is to have all the celebrity whiskeys for the shows I watch so that I can then enjoy the whiskey while I'm watching the show. That's very meta. <laughs> very meta. <laughs> Some of them are hard to come by because we live in the prison that is the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, you're not wrong. I'm not surprised, but I am on how many actors athletes famous people have their own brand of liquor it must be an absolute money printing machine oh yeah absolutely i mean uh, all it took was a couple of them to make a billion dollars a piece on it and then now everybody's in the game you're better off to have a liquor than a sneaker you're not wrong yeah you're exactly right i think and a lot of it is brand and I think when I believe it's Dan Aykroyd did his vodka in the skull. Yep. Yep. That was the one that everyone went, ah, that's how you do it. And they ran with it. Yep. Yep. And they're all out there. But it, before it was uh, the clear, you know, vodka, gin, tequila. Now it's the whiskey game. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there are a few. I have a few whiskeys and things like that. Uh, Slipknot, the band, did a whiskey. And uh, that one's good. The uh, The reserve version of number nine is really good. And I, th- I know there are a couple other ones. Um, Joanna Angel and Small Hands have Doom whiskey. And that one is rather tasty. So they're they're out there for sure. Yep. So with this episode, not only do you get banter between the fine stepfather and I get a couple stories, you might get an article or two depending on how long this first half runs, but you're going to get an interview with the beautiful Adrena Winters in the second half of this episode. You're definitely going to want to stick around for that. We'll talk a little bit about it at the end of the first half. You'll hear it in the second half. It's good stuff. So I had asked you, fine, stepfather, last episode, because you are the movie and show mastermind for this podcast, it's award season. The nominees have been announced. I am not terribly up on films like that. I'm surprised Top Gun got as much award love as it did, it being the style of film that it was. But uh, what have you seen be it on show or on the silver screen that you think people should dive into if they have missed it. Well, I think the, I think the, the whole Top Gun thing, and that's the, the Academy's way of trying to make themselves relevant now um, okay. is they can now add the blockbusters to the best picture nominees. Okay. One people don't tune in anymore. You know, uh, I think uh, COVID had a lot to do with them. Uh, with people realizing they didn't need to spend the money and the time as as I did uh, sitting in the theater. And uh, with all the streaming services that you have, now you just got to wait two or three months instead of six or eight months and the movie's on one of the streaming services anyways. Right. So perfect time for them to try to switch things up, get more diverse, get a little bit younger, uh, and add things like Avatar and Top Gun to the best picture. Mm-hmm. Um I am partial, so I will say uh, Elvis. Um, I've only last year. I only think I saw two movies in the theater: Top Gun, Maverick, and Elvis. Wow! Uh, I'm a huge Elvis fan, and that's from years before COVID. I was seeing 90 movies in the theater a year, but yeah, things made me realize how much time I was wasting in a movie theater uh, when I could just see them at home. Uh, but of the of the best picture films, I've actually only seen. Three of them, uh, Elvis, Top Gun, Maverick, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, okay. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once may be the one to win it. I am not as high on that film as everybody else is. I get the deeper meaning of what it's about. I think the acting performances are really good, but it's so frenetic that I like I knew I watched it by myself. I knew if I watched it with my wife, she would have gotten up and walked out of the room 20 minutes. It was like, that's enough of this nonsense. (laughs) Were they able to, with it being that style of film, really bring it together at the end? Or is it something that can be sequeled? No, it's it's a one time deal. Okay, it's a one time deal. Yeah. Now, I mean. I've got all the hopes in the world for, uh, if I hopefully I pronounce this right, Kei Hui Kwan uh, to win Best Supporting Actor. 
from everything everywhere all at once he was short round and data from the goonies and indiana jones okay but he's been he's been cleaning up at all the other award shows so i'm pretty confident that he'll win uh best supporting actor as well oh very nice yeah i think uh yeah what would the sequel to everything everywhere all at once like what what would it be like nothing nowhere never right <laughs> i don't think that would sell as much it'd be a depressing dark comedy real dark yeah <laughs> really dark <laughs> very interesting yeah i've heard good things about that film as well so it may be something i check out at some point down the road probably not i think what i'm actually looking for in life is to be in a relationship with someone that loves movies. So everything that I haven't watched in, I'll be nice, 25 years, they could be like, oh, you missed this film, and then we watch it. Because there's no way that I'm just going to sit down and watch something on my own. I don't know why, but okay. just just not my feel. I almost feel like movies of that nature are social watches. Don't get me wrong. I watch movies, but it's done by mystery science theater 3000 right. slash riff tracks <laughs> that's the only time i watch stuff and they're horrible movies and i think that's why i enjoy them so much so to have someone that is a little bit more well versed than i be like okay let's start in 2000 and we'll watch some good movies and then we'll we'll work our way forward back okay that i can handle although that it can be disappointing though whenever you whenever you throw out a movie quote or you talk about a movie and your significant other hasn't seen it. And it's like, what? <laughs> oh, that is true. Especially if that, like, if, you know, like someone like me who was really into them is like, how could you not have seen that? <laughs> there are times where I, there's actually a lot of times where I use movie quotes and have never seen the movie. Right. Well, yeah, because they become part of our, our language, but. For someone who is an ad, like a, a movie lover, then for the, the other person to not understand the quote, or you know, one of the things that I noticed is uh, where I uh, the dog park that I take my dog to. Uh, one of the other people that we walk with while our dogs uh, run and play is a lot younger. Okay. So they don't get the references, oh. or they haven't seen the movies from the nineties. Right. And I'm like. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> you? Go home right now. You have things to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Especially now that everything is essentially a remake anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And at some point they're using the old catchphrases, maybe in a different way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I can get that. <laughs> and I think it would also depend on oh see you actually bring on up bring up an interesting point because you're like okay let's say you date someone that's a little bit younger than you that may lead to some issues when it comes to movie quotes and then being like I I don't get it you're like oh you haven't seen this movie but if you're quoting like I think we're gonna need a bigger boat and they're right. like yeah <laughs> like okay how many people are gonna get that that you know were born post nineteen ninety. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I was, I think I was married to my wife for 10 years before she sat down and watched any of the Godfather movies. Oh, no kidding. 
Yeah, so it's a, it's a heartbreaking disappointment, especially whenever that's like my favorite film of all time. <laughs> took you ten years, <laughs> and, and that's tough because what if they don't like it? Right, exactly, exactly. Well, what did she feel about it? Oh, uh, she likes she's she's into watching people get murdered on screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, who isn't? Let's be honest, right? Yeah, I think that's a worry as well. Is when you're like, oh. You gotta see this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I know you're gonna love it. And your significant other's like, yeah, it's all right. Which I've had happen. When I was in college, I dated someone that they wanted to get into movie production and directing, and they would be like, all right, this is an absolute classic film. And she was really into the classics of the 60s and 70s. And sometimes we'd be like, yeah, that was a really good movie. And I remember the one time that she's like, okay, this is one of the top 100 greatest films ever made written by that entity that, you know, did that a while ago. Like, it's The Graduate. Oh, okay. With Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, oh, yep. okay, I'm I'm down. I know I like the soundtrack. It has a lot of Simon and Garfunkel. Let's, let's see this film. And the film ended, and she looked at me and went, well, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And I went, that was two hours of my life. I'm not getting back. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like that film. I just, I didn't get it. I I guess because I didn't have the angst of the time, but right. it just, it fell so flat for me. I don't know if there are other people like that or if there are people like clutching their pearls, like, how dare you say that about The Graduate? It's a lot harder with those older films because they move slower. And we as a society today, everything is go, 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 go. And we have we have seen enough and know enough to know where the film is going. And whenever it doesn't switch it up on you, you're disappointed. Yeah. Like you, you can't help but be disappointed at the end as long as those films are. I have a lot of problems with those. Um, with those older films as well. Mm-hmm. So I know that feeling. What was a film from like the 70s or maybe even 80s that everyone said you got to see or people said this is one of the greatest films ever made and you went, meh. I still have never completely seen Gone with the Wind. I just can't get through it. Yeah. It's a slog to me. I can't get through it. White Christmas, I absolutely uh, despise. Okay. <laughs> despise. Wow. Absolutely despise. Midnight Cowboy, I didn't think was anything that it was hyped up to be. Okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of them. And Al Pacino is my favorite actor, and I hate Dog Day Afternoon. Mm, okay. Wow. Yeah. Out of that list, I've only seen a couple. I know I saw Urban Cowboy. And yeah, it, for me, well, that was Mid- kind of, Midnight Cowboy. Mid- excuse me. <laughs> Urban Cowboy, John Travolta <laughs> right. is a great film. Right. It should be in the AFI's top one. No, not really. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Midnight Cowboy. That's the one I meant. Right. <laughs> I have soundtracks to them both on vinyl because I'm an idiot. Oh, the amount of vinyl. Oh, it's. I've done really well, say, over the past four months of 
saying, I have money I need to save. There's things I'm trying to accomplish. I got to do stuff to the house. I'm trying to do stuff for the show. I am going to save money. And then a band that I absolutely love is like, here's our new album. Like, God <laughs> damn it. Stop it. And, yeah, there's 40 bucks shot in the ass. And then another right. band's like, how about this? I'm like, all right, just take my money. Damn it. Well, we are going to get into some top porn movies in a little bit, but there are a couple things that I want to get to. Fine stepfather, I am an older gentleman. I have a birthday coming up in a little while, and you have a birthday coming up as we record this in a week, right? Not quite as old as you, Dangle. Correct. But I'm there. I'm getting close. Yeah. yeah you have, uh, as we were, do you consider it bad luck if I wish you happy birthday now on the air? No. Okay. Because it's just like a couple days before your birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. Well, thank you. I mean, hopefully I don't drop dead before it airs. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh, like the last episode. This is like uh, mortal fedging. Right. Yeah, I say it. And, oh, oh, damn it. I'll fix it in post. So <laughs> you are fairly close to my age. You're not my age, but you're fairly close. Right. You're like 10 years younger. And 10. That's <laughs> nice. I'll take it. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was hoping you'd pick up on that. But uh, I'm at a point now where I can have a wonderful sexual thought and it really just kind of stays there. It doesn't really morph into anything, but I had a fantasy that really hit the spot in my brain. Okay. And it's been happening a little bit more, I would say over the last like two months. And it's crazy. This one that I had, thankfully it was on a Sunday. Because if this happened at work, I would have been in trouble. Because this <laughs> fantasy was so vivid and so complete that my brain told my body how great it was. And then my body went, you need to take care of this right now. <laughs> You're in church? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through the self-used car wash, and when I got to the other end, I had to wash the car again. <laughs> self-used car wash. <laughs> That's what kids are calling it these days. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I couldn't come up with drive-through. <laughs> I I was trying to be. Uh, you were using yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. It has been a long time that my body and brain connection was so intense that I had to do something about it. When was the last time that you really had that style of fantasy? 1999. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a great party that year, I, I believe Prince had said. You know, it was a right here, right now. <laughs> mm, yeah. So it's been a while for you. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last time it's been one of those one of those deals where like this is happening, and I don't care if you're involved or not, it's happening. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I have an idea for you because this is going to kind of lead into the second thing I wanted to talk about. Maybe what you need to do is become a usable entity for adult content creation because I think that has a lot to do with. <laughs> this newfound energy in my brain. 
Okay. Because that has been happening a lot since then. It was happening before it, but is now kind of like twofold. But I will admit something. When it comes to the content that I shot with Ruby Lynn in Las Vegas, and I would have brought this up earlier, but because I am talking to the fine stepfather, he <laughs> he is kind enough to play into my self-deprecating humor because I enjoy it. So let me ask a question before we get to the self-deprecating humor. If you were to make adult content, yes, would you be able to watch the final product? No. I hear I'd, I'd be like just like any other actor, you know. I created it, it's gone, it's not for me to see. Okay. <laughs> I've actually talked to a lot of my friends that know about this content shoot that I did and to a person said I couldn't watch it because I talked about it. I'm like, you know what? I actually think it turned out really, really well. There are some things I got to work on if I am to shoot more. And they went, oh, I could never watch it. I'm like, well, why not? And I think, you know, you look at yourself through those judging eyes. But I don't know, for some reason, when I did it and looking back on it, I can just turn that off. It's kind of interesting. It's like I'm watching somebody else. I'm not completely detached from it. I know it's me. But I can kind of watch it for what it is. And I think it's really cool. But there are definitely things I need to work on. And I talked a little bit about it in my interview with Ruby Lynn. One is, like I told her, because I was single for so long, I wasn't used to the emotions of sex. So it wasn't like I was out of shape, but I was just not used to moving that way. So I've begun to do a little bit more working out and making myself a little bit more sex work savvy. If that makes any sense. You get seasick. You need some Dramamine. That's right. Oh, this feels so good. I'm going to throw up. Slow down. Slow down. You one of those band-aids behind your ear. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Just pick a point on the ceiling and look at it. It's not moving. We're good. But the one thing that even as I was doing this scene, I'm a bigger guy, and that is quite okay. The adult community accepts all shapes and sizes, men and women, anyone in between, and that's one thing I really appreciate about it. But I still want to make sure that I deliver good product. So when I am standing in the scene... I'm not bad. I'm looking at him like, that is pretty good. And my worry was like being on top or something like that. But even that was okay. The one I thought didn't look good for me was being on the bottom, especially at the end of the scene. Because when I look at it, I am not going to lie to anybody. I'm an average guy. I'm not going to say that I'm coming at you like Dread or Brickzilla. I know my place. <laughs> but because I was a little bit um, fluffier, as Gabriel Iglesias would say, it looked like my stomach was slowly swallowing my penis. <laughs> Like, wow, that is visually disappointing because I was hoping like that was going to be the one position I could uh, modify my body either through breathing or muscle contraction to really make it look like I was more than I am. Right. 
I was completely wrong. It was not pleasant. It was as if the turtle was trying to retract its head back into its shell. It was very disappointing. But I'm working on it. All as, right. As best I can. That was when I watched the scene. I was just like, aw, that could have been. Poor bad. Dangle. Poor Dangle. No, not poor Dangle. Not at all. But it was just like, this, this, <laughs> this gives me reason to take my health a little bit more seriously. Take True. the shooting a little bit yeah. more seriously. But it was like, ah, damn it. Yeah, that's one way. To, that's one way to do it. Just to shame yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just browbeat myself emotionally over it. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because I guess I can tease it, but if I am able to make it to Chicago, uh, some things might happen. We shall see. Well, I don't know if there should be an if, Dangle. Oh. You know, do or do not, there is no try. That is very true. Very true. I need to make it happen. Yes, sir. Yep. It's what Pervert Nation wants. At least I hope yes, it's what sir. they want. I hope it's what they want. <clears throat> you will uh, forgive me if I have not seen the scene. Oh, that's okay. I'll send it to you. I'll drop <laughs> box it. Quite all right. <laughs> Come on. I don't want to see any of my friends, any of my friends' relatives or parents. <laughs> 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 and any of my friend's children it's sent i just i i screen grabbed the last 15 seconds and sent it to you hopefully it was, that's the part where you walk out <laughs> peace out good night <laughs> oh the scene's finished trust me <laughs> Oh, that maybe maybe you're missing your lane here, stepfather. No, that's quite all right. Are are you sure? Yeah. Because I know people. I'm positive, Dangle. Right. I'll stay on this side of the camera and this side of the microphone. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fine. Are you going to live vicariously through me, or will you judge me exponentially per scene? Uh, well, it depends on the scene. Okay. <laughs> but I'll never know. So that I, then I won't, you know, I won't judge you, but, uh, it depends on, depending on what you tell me the scenes are of, I may judge you. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll put the list together as they happen and, right. uh, see, I'll put them in a list of, uh, what makes you uncomfortable and, uh, we'll, we'll see how it works. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Now, one thing Dick Dangle will probably never be a part of is the most popular porn movies of the year. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. But AdultEmpire.com released their top 10 porn movies of 2022, the ones most popular on their website that people bought, streamed, enjoyed. Okay. And it's an interesting list. It's a little bit of everything, which is good. It shows diversity to their consuming public. So let's go through the list quickly because I do have a point to this. Number 10, My Sexy Little Sister, number 13, by Digital Sin. And that has Lena Lovings, who I was very lucky to meet at Las Vegas. And she is the, the cover person. Number nine, Performers of the Year, 2022, from Elegant Angel. And that has a number of people on the front. 
Number eight, My Sister's First Threesome. Number two, Lot of Sisters by New Biles. Number seven, Black Widow XXX and Axel Braun Parody. Number six, Natural Beauty Volume 5 by Sex Art. Number five, The Invitation by Dorsell. Number four, Fill Her Up by Evil Angel. Of course, on the cover is the amazing Adriana Chechik. Number three, One Night in Los Angeles. This one is also from Dorsell. Number two, My Pervy Family releases But I Have a Girlfriend Now. (laughs) And that also has Lena Lovings on it. And number one, from Deeper, Poetics for Tramps. And I guess it is their uh, spin on Knives Out. Okay. Okay. Now, I bring this up because I had told a performer by the name of Kenna James that she was a shoe-in for Performer of the Year for the AVN Awards. Now, it went to Kira Noir. And she had done some amazing work through 2022. But I take slight umbrage, if I may. I'm going to have a hot take here. Okay. Because Kenna James was in the Performers of the Year she was in Dorsell's The Invitation. She was in Dorsell's One Night in Los Angeles. And she was in Poetics for Tramps. She was in four of the top ten for Adult Empire. I'm calling shenanigans. I'm saying she won even though the award nominations and the award winners say that she didn't. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> she is way too popular to not have won that. So I am um I'm throwing in the red challenge flag. I want this to be reviewed. There you go. Don't, <laughs> uh, there was a miscarriage of justice there. I'm sorry for her then. Yes. Darn it. Now I have to explain myself and the prediction that I made. Did I ruin it? Did I jinx it? I don't think you did. I think you threw your support one way. That's all. Yeah. All right. That makes it's me fair. Feel yeah. It's fair. And they can get it wrong. They've gotten it wrong before. That is true. If Jethro Tull can win best metal <laughs> band or best metal performance in like right. 91 over Metallica, yes, you are correct. They can get it wrong. But there are things that they don't get wrong, and those are sex facts. And this comes from thechive.com. Not safe for work. Random sex facts that blew our Minds. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> sometimes okay. I sometimes I annoy myself. <laughs> Are you ready? Find stuff up. I'm ready. According to a survey by Harris Interactive, one in five people have used their smartphones during sex. Wow. Twenty percent. Was it like uh to check their like Dexcom or are they checking their blood sugar or right. something like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, I hope that it let's hope it was almost like an emergency like I have to answer this email when it comes in. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Or like a 911 call or something like right. that. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, cuz if it's uh, like 
uh, yeah, go ahead and do your thing. I'm not really into it. I'm going to see what movie we could stream later. Like, uh, that would be sad. <laughs> Hold on, I'm almost finished with this level. <laughs> Love Candy Crush. <laughs> later. Yeah, exactly. You're 56% more likely to have sex on a Friday than on a Monday. That's fair. It's fair, but I think, yeah, but I think that is a good reason to have sex on a Monday. Get you ready for the week ahead. Yeah, but like Monday, and so Monday's the worst day because it's the start of the week. But then if you eliminated Monday, Tuesday would then just be the worst day. It's the first day of the work week is always the worst. Mm, Yeah. Because you're like, I got so much of the week left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I don't know. I, I think... Okay, maybe not like full out sex, but you know, maybe a little, little, you know, a little, little fedging. Yeah, a little fedging, if you will. A little, little touch and go. Right. At least that means if you're going to have sex on Friday, that you're building to it. I think that might be good. I don't know if you're going to believe this one, stepfather. On average, women fantasize about sex 34 times a day. Not in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because you don't allow it or because it just doesn't happen? We have rules here. We have rules. That's right. There are ethics we must abide by. (laughs) Ten is the legal limit for anything in this house. Wow. Okay. Then when we were recording at the (laughs) Caveman Mafia studio, I would have had to have left like five minutes into the show short episodes short we're only recording for 10 minutes that's right because i know you dangle you and that sexy brain of yours Mm -hmm. i remember i remember recording it's all your fault actually the rule happened after we stopped recording Uh, it's those 15 minutes of music that were like power (laughs) sessions (laughs) <laughs> like Joe Rogan it episodes. <laughs> Once it was out of my house, it's limited. And 15, I was, I'm so scared of the number 15, I had to lower it 10. <laughs> <laughs> I don't cook anything that takes more than 10 minutes. Wow. I am so sorry I did that to you. <laughs> oh, Shower, no. the hot water is cut off after 10 minutes. <laughs> you shall eat no more than 10 skittles in a sitting. Right. Okay. <laughs> That hasn't helped my waistline. Wow. (laughs) I just eat 10 Skittles and 10 Reese's Pieces and 10 potato chips. (laughs) Right, but you do it every nine minutes. (laughs) Right, to make up for the one bag of Skittles that I would have eaten. Yep. Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry I broke your brain like that. (laughs) It's supposed to be 15 minutes. It lasted an hour and a half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're gonna name the law after me, uh, so no one else rule. does it to you. Oh. <laughs> if you say it's gonna be 15 minutes, it's gonna be 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this may be a good fact for you to know: if you're allergic to Brazil nuts and have sex with someone who has just consumed some, you could very well have a reaction. In fact. It's one of the only sexually transmitted allergic reactions we know of so far. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. What if you're sucking on a Brazilian's nuts? <laughs> that's where I thought you were going with it, but it didn't go there. 
Nicola did now. <laughs> wow. How did you find out? What would be the strangest thing if you didn't know that you were allergic to Brazil nuts and that happened? Ooh. And what if it was your first time ever having sex? Oh, that no. That would ruin it. Oh, no. That is very <laughs> true. You go into anaphylactic shock right? having sex? <laughs> Yeah, because there's no way people are making that connection out of the gate. No, no, heck no. Right. Heck no. Like, did you just have a Brazil nut? Like, oh, well, you crazy. I, like, of all the nuts that I've come across in my life, easy dangle, uh, <laughs> the Brazil nut is not a nut that I would say was just readily available in the house. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you might not even know that you have that allergy. Right. It's oh, like a very no. specific allergy and a very specific act. You would never put the two together if you didn't know that you – I mean, if you knew, obviously, you'd be like – that would be part of your rider, right? Like you can't – no one on the set could have touched a Brazil nut 24 hours before I'm on it. Exactly. Yeah, you're – oh, wow. Which if you didn't know, man, that would absolutely ruin you from having sex. Oh, I mean, that's stuff like like you would see on House – Right. <laughs> Where it's just like, we can't figure this out. And then it's like something really stupid and they figure out why. But like that would take forever. They'd figure it out on the 55th minute, though. Exactly. They always Every do. time. Every time. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. <laughs> I always find that funny. Uh, I watched a show and it was an older show. And they were at like the 45 minute mark. And they were like, you know what? Now that. We're on the trail. We're going to take as long as it takes to make this happen. I'm like, no, you're going to take like 10 more minutes. You know? <laughs> right. Like, that's it. You're going to be over. Very you got at least one more commercial before you solve this crime. Bondo. At, yeah, at <laughs> least. It takes roughly two tablespoons of blood to get the average penis erect. All right. All right. Okay. I don't know when to know how they know that. Oh, that's, that's probably from the all the folks coming into the ER with the, uh, the Viagra pain. Ooh, could be right. They just average the amount they have to withdraw. They figure eh, it's probably about double this <laughs> to get it to get a flaccid. Yeah. I, I love how your mind works. My friend autoerotic asphyxiation causes between 500 and 1000 deaths every year. I think that's a good number. <laughs> I think, you know, like, because it's not a lot, and I think that's a good thing. Oh, Either okay. people know their limits, or you know we're weeding out the ones that need to be weeded out. <laughs> <laughs> Please send all letters to the stepfather. <laughs> I'm going to let that one lay down there. <laughs> you better step away. That's step away. right. <laughs> the Aztecs considered avocados so sexually powerful that they barred virgins for coming into contact with them. <laughs> oh, my. He's been at the avocado tree. <laughs> Get him, girl. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Let's see how this falls for you. 
in the U.S., approximately 70% of people have admitted to fantasizing about group sex, with 50% of those actually doing it. What was the first number? 70%. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a lot of people having group sex. That's a lot of people having group sex. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot of people having group sex. So that means when we have porch beers and you have yourself, myself, and we have Reverend Al and a couple other people, the vast majority of us are fantasizing about group sex. Maybe not in that moment. Maybe I should phrase that a little differently. My poor wife. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of man coming at her. Oh, no. (laughs) Upper Paleolithic art dating back 30,000 years shows people engaging in dildo use to pleasure themselves and others meaning mankind invented sex toys far before we invented the wheel. Or those paintings were of different ways to kill somebody. <laughs> that is we're, interesting. We're, we're, who are we to interpret the artist's intentions? <laughs> uh, that is true. <laughs> so if you're going to go, do it the fun way, apparently. Right. Wow. And this one, this one may be too close to home for some of the listeners. 84% of women admitted they will have sex with their guy in order to get him to do more around the house. That's fair. That's fair. No shame in that game. No, okay. It it hurts because it's true. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Right, exactly. I can't imagine having that power within myself where I could have sex with a beautiful woman and be like, okay, so now you can do this task. That's That would be crazy. <laughs> I know you have that with the stepmother. It's the only way I can get laundry done. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are so many more facts that come with this article. I just touched on a few of them. If you want to see the rest of them, you can go to thechive.com or you can go to danglinafterdark.com. Click this episode, find the articles linked below it, and you'll be able to read them for yourself. It is some great stuff. So my interview for the second half of this show is with Adrena Winters. Thank you very much to Tanya Tate of Star Factory PR for the opportunity to speak with her. We've been trying to make this interview happen for a while, and she is so incredibly busy with what she creates that we just never had the opportunity to make it happen. I see her at AVN in Las Vegas. We did a quick 10 question gauntlet and basically use that as a primer for this interview and we made it happen. She is an absolute delight. She is so much fun to just kind of pick her brain and see how she creates, see how she views sexuality and the different fetishes and work that she does. 
It's absolutely amazing. She's quick to laugh. She has a great personality. Absolutely stunning. And I know her fans are really going to enjoy this. It was so much fun to interview her. And uh, hopefully I get to do it again. She is that good of a guest. Nice. Very, very nice. And you know who else is an amazing guest. It is you, fine stepfather. Thank- <laughs> yeah, I try to do good, Dangle. <laughs> and you do good. You do oh, very good. God. Here's some Skittles. Thank you so much for being on this episode. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good times. Good times. When are we going to sit and either have you in studio or I come to your palace and have some drinks? It should be sometime in the near future. Maybe once this weather breaks. huh? Well, that is definitely going to happen. But I think we need to do something in the short term for sure. Yes, sir. We'll make it happen. I'll get you good and drunk on a weekday. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please enjoy the interview that I do with Adrena Winters. Please take care of yourselves and each other. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like Adrena Winters and all of the incredible performers that you hear on this show Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. Enjoy making some sex facts of your own and watching some top 10 rated porn movies of last year. And of course, keep calm, dangle on. Perfect. Mm, Don't worry, Dick will be coming back. He's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. My guest is equal parts stunning adult performer and content creator. She has worked with Brazzers, Evil Angel, Harmony Films, and Richard Mann Productions and delivers quality every time. But her own creations deliver a level of fetish greatness rarely seen and her career award nominations show that her work is truly appreciated. Whether you consider yourself a dominant or submissive, it's time to fall at the feet and and serve the exquisite Adrena Winters. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. I need you to write my copy for me. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you need me, I'm here for you. (laughs) So before we get started with this interview, can you please tell everybody where they could find you, not only online, but on social media? Yep. So my social media, my Twitter is at Adrena underscore Winters and my Instagram is Adrena dot Winters. Um, on both of those pages, there's a little link in the bio that kind of sends you to all my other clip stores and uh, other social media like Reddit, all that kind of good stuff. Fantastic. Well, let me say it is a pleasure to speak with you again because I was lucky enough, as the listeners know, to speak with you at the AVN convention. And if listeners want to go back and check that out, it's episode 435 and you are at the 3209 mark. And actually, let me say this. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah, it was 
last week. I've kind of lost track of this month. Yeah, the 18th of January. So, yeah. Did you do anything fun for your birthday? I was kind of really jet lagged. I just got back from LA the day before. So I was still a bit sort of just feeling a bit delirious on my birthday. But yeah, it was good. It was nice. I just had a chilled, chilled day. That's good. Yeah, that actually it leads me perfectly into my first question. I was lucky enough, as I said, to spend a little time with you at Exotica, New Jersey at the Why Not booth and then at AVN 2023. So thank you for allowing me to bother you. But No, not uh, cool. It's always fun answering your questions. Oh, thank you very much. And you were also at X3 in Los Angeles. How was your convention season? Yeah, really good. I always love that they're always consecutive weekends because obviously I'm traveling quite far. So it's nice to be able to to tick off a couple of things at once. It was the first X3 I've been to. I, I think it started maybe last year, yeah. if I'm, I'm correct. Um, and I'm not sure that UK travel had been opened up then or not. I'm not sure. There was some reason why I couldn't go. Um, so yeah, this was my first X3 and I really liked it. It had a completely different vibe to like Exotica or, um, AVN. It was just, it just kind of felt more, oh, sorry, my brain's not working very well. Uh, just like everyone kind of felt a lot more approachable. It was just kind of a nice size and yeah, it was just, I liked it. It was good. I've heard that it does have a little bit more of a relaxed feel for sure. Yeah. Yeah, which I liked. It was good, especially after having just come from AVN. It was kind of nice to just feel relaxed, yeah. Do you find that there's a difference in the people that approach you when it comes to the different conventions? Because AVN is definitely more of a party atmosphere. X3 is more relaxed. Do you notice that in the fans that come up to see you and kind of the energy that they're bringing? Yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky. I do seem to see a lot of the same people. They sort of always make a point of sort of coming up and saying hi, whether, you know, I get that. I get people that come see me in New Jersey that also will come to AVN. And so it's always nice to kind of see familiar faces. I think at AVN and at X3, there was definitely a lot of alcohol available for for fans. So I definitely had some interesting drunk... (laughs) conversations but uh not a huge difference between the conventions in in approach to be honest yeah i noticed that when it came to avn because when they were actually serving drinks outside of the different halls i was like oh boy (laughs) this could be a thing so when you have those people that approach you and you could tell that they may be a little bit under the influence of alcohol do you have that mindset of if you only knew what I could do to you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I will be honest. And uh, when they've had a little bit to drink, they're a little bit more willing to part with, with some, with some dollars. So it is slightly easier to, <laughs> to com- like, if they're curious about having a self or whatever, they seem to be a bit more up for uh, parting with some cash for that. So I guess it has its advantages. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Now, with all that it takes to travel to make U.S. conventions, Mm -hmm. what do you do when you are not on the convention floor? Is it rest and relax, or are you trying to get in as many shoots as possible to really make the trip worth it? Yeah, so for for me, I love filming in America. Um, I just, I find the guys in America just 
just have a completely different attitude and a kind of approach to shooting content than in the UK. And so, yeah, I try and try and shoot as much as possible. Some days um, I had three scenes a day on some of the days whilst I was away. But it's always kind of inevitable that you'll get like short notice cancellations and stuff. So when someone cancels, then I'm like, okay, cool. I can just chill and go and get some dinner and relax a little bit, recharge the social battery. When you go to like Las Vegas, especially, and you have so many food options, are there things where you go and like, I have to try this? Or do you ask for people's recommendations on things? Like, what are you looking for to eat? And did you try any good stuff in Vegas? So there's a website called Eater, which I really like. That's kind of my initial go-to when I'm researching. Um, It's really good. It gives like a really diverse selection of places everything from sort of like street food to like Michelin star restaurants so um that's always my go-to but I have to be honest I ended up going to Vegas on my own I was supposed to be going with my friend so I didn't actually really go out for dinner much whilst I was in Vegas yeah I just (laughs) just uh didn't check out anywhere I really wanted to go to the Golden Steer again um that's like one of my favorite spots in Vegas it's like a very unassuming steak restaurant from the outside but when you go in it's um it's very cool yeah I can actually agree with you on that one because I would say you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna try this restaurant and by the end of the day the convention had burnt me out so much it's just like I'm just gonna grab something quick and I'm done yeah yeah same for sure (laughs) I I just end up eating a lot of fried chicken and stuff. Right. <laughs> just yeah, just grab something quick and then go to bed. <laughs> so when it comes to shooting with people in the US, new technology makes getting to know someone in another country a little bit easier. But is it difficult to find new people to shoot with, or do you stay with the people that you have developed chemistry with? Yeah, so I'm really lucky that most of the people I shoot with, I've had really good chemistry with. I don't know, I I like to think I'm quite a good judge of character and sort of how conversation goes, like via email or whatever, I can usually gauge whether or not we'll hit it off. And so pretty much everyone I've ever shot with, I've ended up shooting with multiple times and would continue to. So, yeah, it's really nice when I go back to Vegas or L.A. that there's already a bunch of guys that shot with before and know we'll get a great scene um but I do like to try and mix it up and and meet some new people as well so yeah I definitely shot with quite a few new guys this last trip um and it was it was good glad to hear that for sure when it comes to conventions do you attend any of the European or global conventions on a regular basis or is it more just the ones in the U.S.? I do prefer the US ones. There's no language barrier for a start. Well, kind of. It's, it still blows my mind that Americans quite often don't have a clue what I'm trying to ask them um, because I say things like lift and washing powder. That's the one that gets a lot of people, washing powder. Um, so, um, yeah, I really like the US conventions. They're, they're a lot bigger and the attitude to kind of sex work in America weirdly is very good I like I don't feel awkward telling an Uber driver that I'm an adult actress in America whereas I would think twice about doing that in the UK um 
But yeah, we have one XBiz. We have XBiz Europa, which is in Berlin. Um, so I try to go to that one every year, but it's just not even remotely the same sort of scale as the US equivalents. And then there's something called Venus, which I have been to a couple of times. But yeah, it just doesn't doesn't uh, appeal to me in quite the same way as the American ones. Last year, you did a quick interview for dailysports.co.uk called Midweek Five Minutes with Adrena Winters. And in it, you were asked your favorite sexual position. And you said, doggy, it just hits the right spot for me. And I know my partner is going to get a great view, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem to be a preferred position in your scenes, but I also see a lot of a squatting cowgirl. And sometimes you'll even do it on the bed in heels. Um, yep. You did that in a scene with Richard Mann, and yes. I'm, I'm going to announce, uh, pronounce his name wrong, so I'm just going to say Guapo. Yes. And uh, he's a viewer of this scene. Is it because of the visual, or do you enjoy that position as well? Because you seem to do that one a lot as well, and it has to be so difficult. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel the burn in my... <laughs> Oh my God. If I've been to the gym that morning, I'm like, oh no, why did I, why have I done this? <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess uh, it's quite fun because I can like control the depth. Um, so with someone like Richard, who's really big, like I can kind of ease myself in into it, I guess. Um, plus it looks really good. Like it's just a very visual kind of... And I quite just like the expression on a guy's face when I go to do it. Like, it's obviously not something they experience very often. And I guess I guess it's a good view for them. And I don't know, I guess there's something about sort of that being impaled kind of thing that just looks hot. So, yeah, I guess it has become a bit of a go-to. It just always seems popular. It seems to be what people like to see. And I like to, to do what people like to see. So, yeah. It is visually amazing, and your knee health is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the knees are good. The hips aren't so good, but the knees are right. (laughs) Now, we actually talked about uncomfortable sex in the gauntlet questions, and you talk about your dislike of shower sex. Are there actual just regular sex positions that you don't care for? Um... A very unpopular opinion, but missionary doesn't really do a lot for me. I just find it quite uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> um, I know that's supposed to be just like the really vanilla go-to for most people, but yeah, for me, it's just doesn't just yeah doesn't seem to hit any good spots for me. It just is a bit uncomfortable generally. Wow, that's very interesting. Now, as I mentioned in that scene, you had a gentleman watching you as a cuckold. Yes. Uh, to Richard Mann. Uh, with having a cuckold watching you have sex in a scene, did it take you a while to figure out how to shoot and, you know, what is sometimes, you know, kind of a passive contributor to a scene without taking away from the sex that you're having? Yeah. Um, I guess I've always made sure that the guys that are, that are playing the cuck in the videos 
are genuinely into that kind of kink so they're not just gonna sort of sit there looking bored or something like it, it, you kind of get genuine excitement from them which I think helps and um yeah I think people just love to see it so yeah they, they're generally quite passive I do quite like um making them more active I got told off on the Brazzers scene I did because uh there was a, a cuck in the scene I did for Brazzers and I was like hold my hair back whilst I suck his dick and um once we cut for the scene they were like you can't do that he's not, like he's not supposed to interact with <laughs> with you we're gonna have to do all new model release forms and stuff now I was like oh I'm sorry <laughs> so yeah sometimes I get I get into trouble for <laughs> for being a little bit too active with the with the cuck <laughs> I, that's fascinating. I I love stuff like that. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of, I'll, I'll actually cut to that question now. Uh, yeah. Last year, you did that scene for Brazzers called mm-hmm. Front Row Seat to Cuckold Sex, and you did it with the handsome Danny D. Yes. For those who are wondering about the appeal of cuckolding, can you help the listeners understand why there is such a large fetish community that enjoys it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've been thinking about this quite a lot the last couple of days because I just put out a, a TikTok on my social <laughs> social media that's been getting a lot of um, interesting comments. Um, it was just me with a, a tape measure. Um, oh, yeah. It was very simple, and uh, I sort of just extend it inch by inch, and there's like a some audio that just sort of says no. And then when I get to eight, nine inches, it's yes. So it's basically announcing my, my preferences. And there's been a lot of comments from guys that are very upset by this. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, And being very vocal about how upset they are about it. And it's very obvious to me that they're upset because they don't have a big penis and they don't like that there are certain women that don't like that um and i find what my my fans know that they don't fulfill my preference but they know that other men can and so they get off on that they get off knowing that they're incapable of satisfying me like i want to be and so they have accepted that and that they like knowing that I can be satisfied by someone else. And I just really like that. I just think it's really, it probably sounds deaf, but it's just kind of wholesome and it's just nice. And I love the messages I get from guys and how fulfilling they kind of find it, having kind of come to that kind of realisation and sort of the the loss of like anxiety and stuff that they would have had trying to have sex with women they found attractive and failing miserably at it and there's just no pressure for them to do that anymore it's it's kind of interesting i like it that is actually very well said i like the way you presented that and i did see that video with the tape measure and it it's comical in my own brain having yeah. people get upset to like what like, regular guys are are fine too and you know they get so upset like just it's not for you calm down <laughs> Bless them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
how do you choose people to have as cuckolds, especially when it comes to scenes that you make? Is there a small community that you trust and is it difficult to join? Um, so um, for me, I get emails every day from guys saying that they want to, to be my cook and especially in videos. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of a bitch. I'm like, if I am not already completely turned off by how they've approached me, if they've approached me in like quite a professional way, rather than just they're clearly sat at home jerking off as they write it, I'll respond, but I'll just be like, very matter of fact and not sexy about it at all. They'll just be like, are you prepared to sign an order release and provide ID and show your face and all this kind of stuff that just kind of really hits the realistic side of it. And if they're still keen then, and they've caught me on a good day where I'm in a good mood, <laughs> which, is, which isn't that often, um, then yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a possibility that I'll, I'd give them a chance. But um, I have one or two guys in the UK that, I know are reliable and I get on really well with and they do a great job. So I generally don't really need to find anyone new. Now we will come back to some of these topics in a minute, but I also wanted to talk about last year at XBiz Berlin, mm -hmm. uh, you were part of a panel with Janice Griffith, uh, Sabian Demonia and Valentina Nappi. Uh, what was the panel about? Um, it was about um, leveraging social media and like what approach to to use on different platforms and kind of how to deal with how censored we are and how easy it is for us to get deleted and yeah it was it was an interesting panel I enjoyed it. I'm sure for you specifically it has to be even more difficult because you do take part in a lot of different uh, fetishes and kinks that you're trying to promote and you know regular sex gets your account deleted quickly I can't imagine what you've had to deal with um I'm kind of lucky I think because a lot of the you know just even that TikTok's a great example like I'm just fully clothed like it's just me with a tape measure like there's nothing overly sexual about it there's no nudity and yet it really, like the guys that are into small penis humiliation, like it's really something that they, they've really latched onto. Like it's been reposted so many times by guys that, that are into that. So it, yeah, I think I just have to be smart with it and just <laughs> to find things that get in people's brain without it having to be overly sex based. And I can agree with that because I've always been a big fan of the art of the tease. And when performers are better at teasing, not giving away too much nudity, you could do that if you're promoting a clip. But in more of a day-to-day -day messaging, if you're able to get people to go, man, that was great. I want to see more. It seems like down the road, that is going to be more productive for you as a brand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it was difficult for me because um, I've been in the industry for like over 10 years. And when I started, I did a lot of studio based uh, porn. And obviously, you don't have any control about where that ends up. So a lot of it ends up on tube sites. So there was a lot of very explicit content of me just 
flooded all across the internet for everyone to see. So it did take a little while to kind of get people used to like, no, like you're not getting three minute hardcore sex clips on Twitter of me anymore. <laughs> like You're just going to get this fully clothed picture of me giving you a gesture or something like, yeah, but um, it seems to paid off. It's yeah. People seem to be adjusting to it. With the experience that you have in the industry and with the wealth of experience you have in the fetish scene, how often are you asked to be a part of panels and discussions? Because you really do seem to have your brand and your business on point. Oh, thank you. Um, interestingly, not a huge amount. Um, at XBiz, uh, there were a couple of, like, you, the, you do the speed networking kind of things. And um, companies are always very impressed. Like, I get a lot of offers and stuff for... Um, uh what is it called ambassador kind of roles um um so yeah i guess i guess the kind of professionalism of my branding and stuff makes a good good impression on other other companies but yeah i don't really get invited to do panels often well i'll I'll make a panel just for you to do it Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, when it comes to being a spokesperson or a brand ambassador, how do you choose who you attach yourself to? It's very easy to say, well, you know, if they have good business practices and things like that, but it still must be difficult to say, I am going to allow myself to be represented with this brand. Yeah. To be honest, I just, I don't, I don't really do it that often because it, it takes a lot of time and quite often they have quite unrealistic expectations of how much time they want you to to invest um and like I've got a lot on my plate with (laughs) with all my own stuff like I have various clip stores and fan pages and like I film all my own content I edit all my own content um so I kind of have enough on my plate so I, I don't generally accept the office I get very often. Now, when it comes to editing your own content, do you do that because you have your vision of it? Is it maybe you don't trust people to do it because they don't have the vision that you have for it? What keeps everything that you do in-house? Um, I just enjoy doing it. I um, I did like graphic design as an A-level. Like I've always just enjoyed kind of editing and, and that kind of side of things and I think because I film the content myself I film it in the way I know how to edit I keep it fairly simple like I don't like it when there's lots of cuts and uh, like it I think it kind of ruins the flow a little bit so I try to just shoot continuously uh with like one or two angles and then I just very very basic editing but I think I think that's what people like to see I don't I think they like it kind of as real as possible yeah, I can agree with that for how popular you are. You got uh, you got it down. You know what your audience likes. <laughs> now, I'm always interested in hearing about performers who aren't from the U.S. and where they are popular and what sells for them because there tends to be a different audience from the U.K. to the U.S. to Europe and beyond. Have you noticed any trends to the different countries of what they really like from you? And is it different from one another? Um, 
<laughs> my uh, vanilla friend uh, sent me an uh, infographic the other day. Um, Pornhub does like these infographics that I think are supposed to be for the creators to kind of use to help them plan their keywords better when they're tagging content but somehow my friend who just has a very vanilla office job uh not in the industry at all uh this Pornhub infographic had been kind of going around their office and they all found it hilarious because it was like a map of the world and then it had the biggest search terms on on that um so for example in Edinburgh, uh, in Scotland, pegging was like the biggest search term. So yeah, the, these <laughs> these people were just finding it very entertaining seeing <laughs> seeing the regional differences in in kinks. So it's definitely definitely a thing. Um, I would say that I get a lot of American fans. Um, I get quite a lot of German fans, but I think that's probably because I used to shoot quite a lot in Germany. Um, but yeah. The American audience is definitely my my preferred audience. Mm, okay. Don't take that to heart, everybody else. We're just really <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love everybody, but... Right. <laughs> I love all my fans, but yeah, the Americans are, are good. <laughs> now, speaking of Pornhub, I was looking at your Pornhub profile, and, you know, for research... Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed that in your bio, you say that your turn-ons are subtlety and your mm-hmm. turn-offs are misplaced intensity. I yeah. love this. That is perfect phrasing. I can agree with that to the heart. Now, have you always been in tune with that part of you? Because for me, that's been a very recent discovery because I would just attach myself to other people's energy and it just it wasn't good for me. Right. No, I think I've always, certainly from like my mid twenties, I think I've just been, been like that. Yeah. Wow, lucky you. <laughs> you learned that early because I did not. <laughs> <laughs> also, when it comes to your bio, you say in the interests and hobby section food, sex, exercise, and travel. This holds itself to be true with your degree in nutrition and food science. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're a level two, is it WSET, which is Wine, Spirit, and Education Trust qualification. Mm -hmm. And your workout videos, did all of these interests grow together or did you find them kind of as you went along? Oh, weirdly, I think don't think I realized that like some of my interests were interests. This is going to sound really silly, but like I didn't realize that my like fascination in food wasn't the same for everybody. I just assumed everybody was into food because we all have to eat it. And I just thought it was a big part of everybody's life. It wasn't till uh, maybe like my late twenties that I was like, Oh no, this is just me and a few other people. (laughs) Um, And so that, that was when I went and did my, my degree in nutrition I went as a mature student when I was 25 so yeah um it kind of just clicked for me then um I hated sport at school with a passion I would do anything I could to get out of it and it wasn't until I chose to do exercise rather than being told I had to at school that um I got into running and and as soon as I got into running I, I was doing marathons and then triathlons and 
yeah, that kind of escalated quickly once I got into that. So, yeah. Now, speaking of, you posted videos of your workouts on social media as well as on your clip sites. And as you said, you're Mm -hmm. a fan of marathons. But your gym routines are pretty intense. And as you mentioned earlier with the scene with Richard Mann, with the intensity that scenes can have, how do you navigate fatigue without losing momentum in your fitness or with your filming? Mm. Um, I I guess just um, I just really enjoy exercise. Like I really notice if I haven't been exercising, it like really affects my mood, um, and my stamina. Um, so yeah, I just like, I like exercising and I guess, yeah, the two just go hand in hand. The more consistent I am with training, the, you know, my fitness level stays good. And then I'm able to kind of maintain that kind of momentum in, in my scenes without getting tired out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's good to know, because I think a lot of people believe that, you know, if you have a physical job, whatever it may be, that you don't have to exercise. But that's not how that works. Yeah. 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 I guess the two just kind of work hand in hand with each other. So that works out well for me. Yeah. When it comes to the WSET, is there a better way of saying that? No, I don't think so. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, what is the process to get the different levels of WSET qualifications? Uh, level one's really easy. Um, that's just a day course with an exam at the end, um, and it's pretty fairly straightforward. Uh, and then the level two, um, how did I do the level two? Oh, I did the level two online. It was during covid which is much more in depth. And then I did start level three, um, but I didn't really get on very well with the tutor. So I didn't complete that, but it's my plan, my plan to do a, a week intensive course later this year and get my level three ticked off, which would mean I'd be a qualified sommelier. Then I have no intention to work as a sommelier. I just, I'm geeky and I like, <laughs> I like learning about stuff that interests me. So Yeah, I plan on finishing my level three later this year. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to ask, do you drink anything that certain levels within this education qualification would turn their nose up to? Like, would they look at you and be like, how dare you drink that swill? But it is so good. (laughs) Um, I would say my taste is definitely changed like the more I've learned I used to hate Chardonnay like I just didn't get it at all now and the things that I used to hate in it I really love now it's bizarre how you kind of just (laughs) adjust um and um yeah I used to only really drink sort of big heavy reds my family all live in the south of France kind of near like Bordeaux um so I kind of grew up around that kind of kind of wine and so anything that wasn't like that I didn't really have any time for and I'm the complete opposite to that now I love much lighter reds and and stuff like that but I don't I don't know I don't think people are that judgmental because it's all down to sort of personal preference anyway um so I don't I don't think I'd be judged by drinking something like I love a I think you guys have it in America now you have um Aldi and Lidl, the kind of German 
discount sort of supermarkets. Oh, Aldi's, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get champagne in there for like £14. Um, so I I will drink that, usually with like fish and chips or something like that. Just uh, <laughs> it's, Yeah, everything has a, has a place. Are you a fan of bourbons, whiskeys, scotches as well? Because yes. I just I picture you being someone that, you know, you just feel like unwinding it, like just give me a Jack and Coke and watching the crowd of people around you just like gasp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no idea. I really like uh bourbon. That and tequila were my kind of other oh, other drinks. Wine, whiskey and tequila. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, the next time I see you at either Exotica, New Jersey, or if you're at uh, Exotica, D.C. at any point, uh, there's actually a really good steak and bourbon restaurant there, and we'll go. That sounds perfect. All right, excellent. When we did talk in Las Vegas, you were talking about transitioning into a new home. How has (laughs) that transition been? Yeah, I'm currently set in my new office, uh, which I'm very into. Uh, like I said, I've managed to set up my proper mic uh, set up and all that kind of stuff. I um, accidentally ended up homeless for six months last year, which was very um, discombobulating. I kind of just lived out of a suitcase for six months and I kind of dropped the ball on a lot of things and um, it was hard to to kind of keep up with stuff. So it's nice to just... Everything has its place now, and yeah, I'm feeling very good and very settled, and it's kind of been good timing because it's like just with the new year, so I'm just feeling very focused on on the year ahead, and yeah, it's good. The nice thing about having your own place is you could set it up the way you want, and you can make a room or rooms for shooting. Do you have that in your place, or do you have like a studio space? I, my intention is to, to use the office and also um, there's kind of a spare bedroom, which will be guest bedroom come content room. Still need to finish unpacking all my outfits. I just seem to have so many of them and I'm struggling to think of a good storage solution for them all. But yeah, it's, it's all coming together. Now, also in this interview that we did, and you mentioned it here as well. You talk about being a size queen. Yes. What are the pros and cons of enjoying larger penises? Now, I would imagine a drawback being that the large penis community doesn't probably have a lot of people to include in it. <laughs> um, I've always just attracted guys that are they just seem to be drawn to me so that makes my life a lot easier um all i'll say is my very first boyfriend's nickname for his penis was mr porky right um right. so yeah i just that just sort of <laughs> set me on my way i think and yeah i just always always attracted that sort of big dick energy i guess so yeah i don't, I don't find it that difficult i'm very rarely disappointed um so yeah <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, we talked about Mr. Porky in Las Vegas, so... Yes, yes, I knew I'd mentioned it recently, and uh, I I didn't recall when. Yeah, that you're right, it was. I mentioned it then. (laughs) And uh, as a man who knows his place, I I will stay away. (laughs) (laughs) Now, 
you moved into a home, you have finished the 2022, early 2023 convention process. What does the rest of the year have in store for you? Is it more travel? Is it shoots? Do you have any big projects that you could let the audience know about? Yeah, so um, my next big trip is to Jamaica, which I'm very excited for. Um, so that'll be later this year. I'm going out there for a photo shoot. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure I'll film some content whilst in there as well. So that will be fun. And then a kind of, it's still very kind of loose plan at the moment. Um, but I want to, to spend some time putting together like a, a series. Uh, like most of my content is kind of quite rough and ready. And I want to like maybe film like three or four scenes this year that like have proper scripts and storylines uh, like hired actors, proper locations, and kind of film a few kind of really decent kind of cuckolding stories, and then maybe release a DVD later this year. Oh, very cool. I would love to get my hands on a DVD for sure. I'm such a physical media guy, so that is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Now, in November of last year, you wrote on Twitter – you're lucky I even acknowledge you little dick losers. Yes, you are correct. I am grateful that <laughs> you have done so. And thank you for acknowledging this podcast and spending some time with me today. I've had so much fun. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I was I saw that I'm like I have to play that into this interview somehow. Yeah, I'm so glad you did. <laughs> So one more time before I let you go, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media? Yeah, you can find me uh, at uh, Adrena underscore Winters on Twitter and Adrena dot Winters on Instagram and just click the link in the bio and it'll give you everything you could possibly want. Fantastic. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and being able to interview you. You do make incredible work. You are absolutely stunning. I love the energy that you put forward, and I know that the best is yet to come for you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So thank you again for being on the show, and I can't wait to see you this year. Thank you for having me. 